fall, but the temperature still feels like it's summer. And uh, But, of course, you all know me. I'm waiting on fall quickly. Uh, glad that you are with us today. We have several out due to sickness. We want to pray for them. Uh, got several phone calls uh, today. So just to remember them this week uh, as we pray. If you would, I'm going to get you to stand as we begin service. And uh, just want you, if you have a special need, I just want you to raise your hand that God sees those needs. And uh, we want to take him before him. And if you believe that God is still in the healing business, will you say amen? Pray with me, church. Lord, I thank you for all your many blessings. Lord, I thank you that we can come into your house. Lord, that we can worship and honor you, Lord, with everything that we got. And Lord, I'm praying for the ones that are sick right now. Lord, I'm praying a special blessing over their life, Lord, and asking you, Lord, to move, Lord Jesus, and begin to heal their body, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I'm praying for every person that raised their hand that said, I have a need this morning. Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, to touch that need that is in their life today, Lord Jesus, and Lord, bring a refreshing, bring a revival, Lord Jesus, to the church, Lord, today, and Lord, we just want to signify and glorify you today, Lord Jesus, and Lord, you are worthy to be praised and honored, in Jesus' wonderful name we pray, amen. Remain standing in worship with this song.
to come if they would they're going to help me out today uh, want to I want to thank everyone that came by that cooked that donated yesterday for our fundraiser that uh, <clears throat> we raised right now we're about 1700 to the good profit give the Lord praise and uh, so, but what I'm going to ask the ushers to do here in a little while, we're going to receive an offering, but I want it to specially mark the money that's going to go to the uh, AC unit. So if you would like an envelope, uh, raise your hand and they're going to bring you an envelope if you want to make a special donation to the AC unit. Uh, now, a few weeks ago, I was believing and praying that by now we was going to have cooler weather and not need the AC uh, we may need it quicker than I thought we would, and to do that, I need you to uh, pray and ask the Lord uh, what you are to give. Now, I know a lot of you made donations yesterday, and I totally understand that, and that was great, and thank you so much, but I know several of you wanted uh, asked me about receiving a special offering, and I wanted to do that today. And, uh, but I wanted it to be above and beyond our regular tithe and offering to the church. And uh, because I wanted to give you an opportunity to be able to uh, know the difference, so I 
created these special envelopes to put your uh, offering in that's going to go. So you begin to pray, and then when the plate comes around, you'll just use that offering uh, envelope for the special uh, AC unit or the special offering for the AC unit. And then you'll drop your normal tithe and offering in the, uh, the regular way. So uh, we're going to pray, and I'm not very good at guilting you into giving because that's never been my motive uh, to stand here and ask you to give. Uh, it's just my insides churn. I, I don't know if you can tell I'm nervous to even ask you to give. Because of, uh, but it is a biblical principle, and the Lord's been dealing with me on that, that we sow into the ministry. And if you picked up your bulletin, and you'll see all the announcements for uh, things, the events coming up in October, you'll notice one of those I wrote about sowing and harvesting. I've been watching them over the last couple of weeks, Harvest the Field Across the Road. And one day I drove by, and they had three or four tractor trailers that they were filling up the, uh, the uh, trailer with all this corn. And it dawned on me that if they didn't sow in the spring, they would have nothing to harvest now. And I feel sometimes as a church, we're looking for something to harvest, but we haven't sown yet. And the Lord put that on my heart to talk about that in the bulletin. And I wrote a little piece that and spiritually, we're looking for a harvest, but we haven't sown anything. And the Lord's like, I'd love to give you a harvest, but when are you going to start sowing? And I believe that comes through prayer. I believe that comes through study and reading and getting his word in our heart and saying, Lord, I want to sow into other people's lives also. I want to tell them about you. And financially, you can do that. I believe it is a way of worship, is sowing. And the Lord can bless that through a harvest. So I'm going to pray. And you ask the Lord what you are to sow into this ministry and for this AC unit when the offering plate comes around here in just a little while. But if you would, bow your head and we're going to pray. Lord, I know that you are the maker and creator of all things. And Lord, to me, it's never been about money. But, Lord, it takes money to operate. And, Lord, I believe that you are going to begin to touch people right now. They're going to begin to put a number, Lord, that they can afford and stretch them beyond their imagination to sow seeds. Lord, that they're not even sure they have yet. But, Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, right now, Lord, to begin to do something in their heart and in their mind. And, Lord, I'm praying for this offering, Lord, as we are in need of an AC unit. Lord, we're in need for you to intervene, Lord, through a blessing. And, Lord, I'm asking you to do that today through this offering. And, Lord, help us reach our goal. And, Lord, I'm just praying, Lord, for everyone that sows, Lord, would reap a bountiful harvest, Lord Jesus. And, Lord, I'm asking you to allow them to grow spiritually towards you. And we're going to give you praise and glory in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that so much. And as you pray here in just a moment, we're going to receive this offering. But as you just begin to pray about what you're going to sow, I know the Lord's going to speak through you. The usher's going to come and wait upon you, and they're going to sing a song. But before they do, let me share next week is Friends and Family Day. Throughout the month of October, there is a theme Sunday for every week. 
Next week is Friends and Family Day, and I want you to invite your friends and family. This is a great opportunity for the ones that you've been wanting to come to church but haven't been able to ask them yet. You can say, look, it's Friends and Family Day, and I need you to go with me. I need my family to show up. You're a friend of mine. I need my friends to show up. I want to be well represented. It may only take one time of them connecting with us to put them on the right path that they need to hear the gospel. So I want you this week, hopefully you've already um, been inviting throughout the month of October. And then at the very end, I do want to make mention, we're going to have our chili cook-off, our annual chili cook-off. It'll be coming up on the uh, 27th. And that is a great, great outreach that we do every year. And if you love chili, or if you're not sure about chili, if you'll come, we have some of the best chili that you will ever eat. We even have hot chili for the ones that like hot stuff. It is so hot, I can't eat it. I just, I don't do hot stuff, and that stuff is hot. So you'll want to come. And then uh, several things going on throughout um, October. I know what I'm supposed to do. Just come to me. Guys, y'all can have a seat for a minute. Brother Ryan, there's a video. I want you to show the first three minutes. It says, um, I knew I was supposed to do something. There's a video I want you to show. It's on Ken Freeman. Show about the first three minutes. This is who is Ken. And then Brother Billy is going to talk about uh, why is he important to us. Ken Freeman is an evangelist, a traveling preacher. Um, I used to work in the church, and I kind of jokingly, I kind of kid around, God delivered me from the church. I was just kind of too much on the staff deal. But I'm an evangelist that has a passion to see people saved. I want to see saved people restored. But Ken Freeman, some call me a comic. They think I can make it as a comedian. I think humor is a great thing, and I use it. Um, Some people think I'm a wrestler. I mean, I've been wrestling the devil a long time. But Ken Freeman is just a guy that loves Jesus, that uh, God picked picked me up out of the gutter of life and changed my life. And Ken Freeman is a guy that just loves Jesus, loves his word, and and wants to give you some hope. My message is a message of hope. It's a message of uh, rescue. You know, uh, I I use uh, little sayings, and one of my sayings is, God can take a mess and make it a message. I had nine stepfathers growing up, 24 different schools, five different high schools my last year of school. Uh, I lived in streets and cars and bars and alleys. My dad walked out of my life when I was four. My baby sister was two. My mom was an alcoholic. Any way that you could be abused, we were abused sexually, physically, emotionally, mentally. My mom would beat us with broomsticks and with belts and with switches if she wanted us to bleed. We would sleep in our school clothes so when she drove up at two or three in the morning, we could slip out the back door and hide a couple of hours. Uh, I took my first drink of alcohol at nine. I became a product of my environment. By the time I was 15, I was already in jail. So I want you to understand that God can take a mess and make it a message. The other statement is, those who have been wounded deeply, God will always use greatly. I talk to a lot of wounded people, and I want you to know, 
I mean, I'm just telling you, 30 years I've been doing this, 280 days, 300 days out of the year, I'm on the road, I'm in schools, men's conferences, uh, youth camps, marriage, couples retreats, churches, whatever it is, Southern Baptist Convention, and that was weird, because that's like the Super Bowl of preachers, and then there was me. Bottom line is this, I'm just telling you, that my message is a message of hope. And we've got a lot of people that have lost hope. They need help, they're hurt. And so I try to bring some hope to the hopeless, help to the helpless. And those who have been hurt, I want them to know that God can take your mess and make it his message. I wanted you to see the first part of that. Brother Billy is gonna come and speak on uh, when Brother Ken's gonna be here. But he has a wonderful testimony that I believe that you will, or the men will be blessed by. So Ken Freeman is, as you see, a, this fantastic evangelist. And Pastor timed it so perfectly because we want to see a harvest of, of this community. And we want to see our men to become better, stronger men. Ladies, if your man is here, congratulations. Proud of you. But if your man is not here, or you know men that need to be in church and aren't, this is a time of planting. This is a time of sowing into their lives. Because Ken Freeman is going to come and talk to us men uh, at our men's supper, which is going to be October 22nd. So get out your calendars and write in there, get man to supper, October 22nd. And it's going to be over here at the building. And uh, Ken Freeman is going to talk and, and speak and motivate us and, and encourage us to be better men. As some of you know, I have started a men's ministry, and it's called Making Men for Christ. And Pastor has been so gracious to allow us to use the building over here the first Saturday of every month to have men's breakfast. And it's not just get around and talk football. We have uh, guest speakers that come and plant seeds into our lives, motivate us to be better men. Because you know what? I need to be a better man. I need to be a better husband. I need to better be a better employee and a better employer. I need to be a better church follower, a, a better Christian. I just need to be better. And so when I get men that will inspire me to be better men, then that's what I become, a better man. And so we have this opportunity to have Ken Freeman come and speak to us on that October 22nd, which is a Tuesday night. We're going to serve food from 530 to 630. And the ladies ministry has been very uh, awesome to uh, share. They're going to cook sides and desserts and things like that for us. And we really appreciate the ladies sewing into this as well. Because after we get out of this men's meeting and we become inspired, we're going to be better men. We're going to be better husbands, better sons and dads and uncles and granddads and better employees and employers. And that's going to make your lives better, hopefully. And then we're going to grow this community by being a, a more solid foundation of, of men. So I want to encourage you ladies to, um, to uh, encourage your guys to go. I was going to say to make them go, but nobody likes to be made to do anything. So encourage your guys to go and be a part of this. Come and hear Ken Freeman speak. We're going to have some great food and then uh, good music. The band's going to do some music for us. And then we're going to hear Ken Freeman speak and inspire us. So plant seeds now. Invite your men to come. And, and not just men, men, but teenage boys. Uh, he speaks at, at uh, FCA sports events all the time and inspires young teenage young men to become better men too so it just ties in nicely so plant these seeds now and then in a period of time from now we'll see your family your house your job your church your community become better because 
we have men that are inspired by God to be better men. Amen. And men are important. And I appreciate all the ladies that are here. And I'm glad to see the men that we have here. But I sure would like to see more men. The men are, we need to be the backbone. So October 22nd, 530 over here. Invite your men. No cost. Uh, we will take up a love offering um, to, um, you know, help Ken get around and all that. But I uh, just want to encourage you to be here. Make plans to be here. And please invite your men friend to be here as well. So now, ushers, if you'll come. I knew what I caught us. There's one more thing I got to do before we uh, receive this offering. So um, get you to stand where you're at. We're going to they're going to receive the offering right there where you're at. They're going to pass the plate, and then we're going to worship. And then I'm going to bring a message to you today, Lord willing. Uh, I have nothing breakable here this week. But uh, if you were here last week when the when the bottle broke, the Holy Spirit just become evident, and what a service it was. And uh, it was uh, I didn't mean to do that, but the Lord has a way of guiding things to happen. And uh, so as soon as if most of you that remember the ones that weren't here, when I reached down to pick up a cloth, I knocked over the anointing bottle. And when it, it I could not have shattered it any better when it hit the side. And that aroma just began, just like the Holy Ghost, it just moved throughout the congregation and people were blessed and I didn't get to preach. And I just want that same atmosphere and that same spirit to just move us today. So whatever you're going through and whatever you are experiencing today, I know God can touch you. Lord, I'm praying right now for every Lord as we are getting ready to sow into your kingdom. Lord, I'm praying for men, Lord, that need to hear, Lord, the testimony of Brother Ken. Lord, that you would get them here on the 22nd. And, Lord, I'm praying, Lord Jesus, for ones that are, Lord, just their life is in the balance and Lord they're trying to figure it out Lord I'm praying Lord they would find you and Lord I'm asking you Lord to bless this offering Lord Jesus Lord as we are sowing into the kingdom Lord I'm asking you to do a divine work in Jesus' wonderful name we pray Amen as you give your offering this morning remain standing and they're going to lead us in worship said that I got home last week and sister Katie had sent me a text and she said how are you and oh my goodness you missed a service this week she told me that bottle had just hit and everything just exploded so I woke up this morning with the same thing that I had last week which wasn't good and I looked over at my text and uh, I said, I have to let Matt know I'm not going to be there at practice. I have coughed all night and I have taken something to make me sleep. And I was glued to the bed. And at that time, I start getting these messages in. And it's like, Kenya's very sick. She's not going to be there. Uh, you know, the baby's sick. I'm not going to get to be there. Uh, we're not feeling well. And then Artie, and you know, and then Darcy's not going to be there. And, you know, the Lord, I was starting to panic. I said, you know, God. And he told me, he said, you know, he said, when I broke that bottle last week, it was 
wasn't about anybody that done anything. He said it was me. He said, I'm God. I don't never change. And this song has been burning a hole in me all week long since I've heard that. It's just an old-timey song. It doesn't matter how it's going to sound. I want you to listen to it and just know that he is the He is the one that restores us. He is the one last week that was with us in the midst of the storms. He is the one that has done everything that's to be done. Thank you, Jesus. He's God on the corner. He's God back at the door. He's God in the amen corner. He's God all over the floor. And I know God is God. God don't ever change. And I know God is God. And He always will be God. Well, He's God in the Father. He's God in the Son. He's God in the Holy thunder rolls. He's got up in heaven. He's got down in my soul and I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God and he always will be God. He's God on the ocean. He's God on the sea. He's God all over creation. He's God all over me and I know God is fiery furnace. He's God in the lion's den. He's God in the Holy Spirit. He's God in the heart of men. And I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. He's God on the platform. He's God back at the door. He's God in the amen corner. He's God all over the floor. And I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. He's God when the lightning flashes. He's God when the thunder roars. He's God up in heaven. He's God down in my soul. And I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. He's God on the sea. He's God all over creation. He's God all over me and I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God and he always will be God. He's God at the river of Jordan. He's God when Adam fell. He's God way up in heaven. He's God that saves from hell and I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God, and he always will be God. He's God on the platform. He's God back at the door. He's God in the amen corner. He's God all over the floor, and I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God, and he always will be God. He's God in the Father. He's God in the Son. He's God. 
He's God on the ocean. He's God in the sea. He's God all over creation. He's God all over me. And I know God is God. God don't never change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. He's God on the ocean. He's God on the sea. He's God all over creation. He's God all over me. And I know God is God. God don't never change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. He's God in the fiery furnace. He's God in the lion's den. He's God in the Holy Spirit. He's God in heart of men. And I know God is God. God don't never change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. Listen to that again. He's God in the fiery furnace. He's God in the lion's den. He's God in the Holy Spirit. He's God in heart of men. And I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. He's God when the lightning flashes. He's God when the thunder rolls. He's God up in heaven. He's God down in my soul. And I God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. He's God in the Father. He's God in the Son. He's God in the Holy Ghost. He's God all three in one. And I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. He's God up on this platform. He's God back at the door. He's God in the amen corner. He's God all over this floor. And I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. I can't get away from this one. He's God in the fiery furnace. He's God in the lion's den. He's God in the Holy Spirit. He's God in the heart of men. And I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let your praise go. 
time to time as pastors we reflect and at least I do and I think to myself is our church healthy if you had to take the temperature of the church on how healthy it is I always want to have a healthy church one that's on fire for the Lord one that is willing to give ministry away. Always want to have a church that puts God above everything else and Jesus is first as in their worship. And I'm glad to report, if you want to see a healthy church, look around. I believe we're healthy. And as I go back to the breaking of the oil last week, I'm reminded that Jesus used ointment to heal lepers. He used ointment to open the eyes of the blind. And ointment was a symbolic and a natural healing that was used. And it made me think when that bottle broke and just the aroma that went out, there was healing in the house. And then another factor, another measurement, the song that we sing, there's freedom in this place. Because you are healthy in the Lord, there's a freedom in this place this morning. I've been to churches that freedom, you didn't know if you could go pray with anyone. You didn't know what they'd say. You didn't know if you could worship the way that you want to worship. There's a freedom in this place this morning. And you have the ability to tap into that freedom. You have the ability to say, I want to get in the flow of the Holy Ghost. And I want freedom to reign in my life. See, what happens is, and this is not even my message, but i got to preach it for a moment. What happens is, is we let the world take us captive. We let the world take us into captivity. And we don't have the freedom that we should be having in Christ. So we walk around in defeat. But if we ever realize that Christ paid it all and that we can have freedom in Him, nothing else matters at that point. I want to get you to a point that there's freedom that reigns in your life. As long as you are marching and you are listening 
to what the Lord is doing in your life, there's a freedom there. And even though our worship, even though our freedom may seem strange to the world around us, it's not strange to God. It's not strange to Him because He paid the ultimate price. He paid the ultimate price in giving His Son, Jesus, that we can experience the freedom that we have. So if you are in restraints, or you feel, are you in captivity? You can have freedom this morning. You can have freedom this morning. And I want to invite you to tap into that freedom. Stretch your hands towards heaven. Lord, right now, before I preach this message, right now, Lord Jesus, before we go any further, Lord, I want freedom to reign in people's lives. Ones, Lord, that are held and are restricted and, Lord, that are captive. Lord, I want them set free this morning. Lord, that you said in your word, the ones that are set free by you are free indeed. And, Lord, I'm asking you this morning, Lord, to let a freedom reign. Let a freedom reign in this church. Let a freedom reign in our lives. And, Lord, don't let us be captive by anything. Lord Jesus, but let us have freedom knowing that you paid the ultimate price. Lord, I worship you today. Lord, I give you praise today. You breathe on me. Just worship me for a moment. Just worship him, church. Allow the freedom to take hold in your life this I'm morning. Alive, I'm alive. You breathe on me. You revive me. You breathe on me. You revive me. You breathe on me. You revive me. You was on his way to Damascus we know the story how he encountered a bright light and the Lord spoke to him and said Paul Paul why do you persecute me and in that moment he had an encountering that changed his direction but for three days he had he had a captive spirit he had a spirit of sense that he lost his sight for three days and while he was at Ananias's house and I believe he was warring with where to go from here when the Lord opened his eyes up he knew the direction he was going to go it was such an encounter that his name was changed from Saul to Paul 
And he was set free from the bondage that was holding him back. And sometimes it makes me think, do we have those same encounters? Do we have those moments in time that we can pinpoint that God set me free? That God touched my life? What I was known by before that time is not the same thing that I am known by by going forth. My past is not going to define my future, but God has set me free. Those are the moments. Those are the encounters that I look for, that I want, and that I desire. It's in those moments that God does the extraordinary event and He intervenes. Those are the moments that I long for the church to have. And I believe that if we'll keep searching and keep pressing in, those moments come. Those moments happen. Lord, I just thank you this morning. I'm going to let you be seated. Sister Brenda, come and share with them what the Lord's done for you this week. Well, as you can see, I'm almost back to perfect. I'm back to perfect. It's been seven weeks. Seven's my favorite number. It's God's number. It's the number of perfection and completion. And he has done a completed, perfected job in me. He has woken up my heart. That's the main part. The body's physical. There was so much deadness and hurt in there. And it took what he allowed to wake me up. And somebody needs to hear this because I'm not the only one sitting here hiding things. I'm not the only one coming to church as a routine. I'm not the only one being full of religion. We get there sometimes in our lives, and we don't understand why we've gotten there. And I'm sorry, but I'm supposed to say this. You can hear my testimony in a minute. We get there, and we don't understand why. I don't understand why. Six years. Six years. I was still praying. I was still coming to church. I had no clue and he tried to wake me up in March for the cancer. It was a miracle. That didn't wake me up. He talked to me a little bit, and I told him exactly what I was going to do, and I wasn't going to do. So, in July and August, he had to shake me up because I wouldn't wake up. And I've been awakened, but I'm going to have to do what i got to do to stay awake. He ain't going to baby me. He ain't going to pat me on the back or the butt and say, come on, Sister Brenda. Because I'm supposed to be mature in the Lord. And I become a crybaby and a whiner and a why God, why? Why God, why? Why did this happen to me? I was a good person. That ain't got nothing to do with it. I don't care how good you are sitting in this church. You ain't going to heaven. You sit in my garage, you ain't a car. And you ain't a going because you come in here and grace these seats every week. Or you stand up here and you do something fabulous. You're going because of what's in the heart. And my heart was dirty. And I'm ashamed to have to say that. But you know what? I'd be a hypocrite if I didn't. So God let my doctor tell me this week that I have perfect kidneys. I have a perfect liver. I haven't had a perfect liver in years. I have a fatty liver. I have blood sugar that's running on an average 130 a day. It used to be about 170. I have blood pressure that's under control with one pill now, not two. I take over less than half of the insulin that I took. I do not have gout. That was from the devil. I'm a three and you got to be a seven. And I'm not even going through the changing. I'm 51. What do you think about that? 
I just knew I was. I'm a 28 and you gotta be a 10 and I've had a hysterectomy. You tell me God's not doing a work. And he says, you look great and you're doing great and all your blood works great. And I said, God's healing me. And he said, yes, he is. And God's woke this doctor up because this is the doctor that ignored me and almost let me die. So I'm there and everybody has said, are you mad? Are you going to leave? I wouldn't go back. Oh, no. I'm there because he put me there. His address is 1777. I'm not to leave there. God is going to show this man something. And there's a little girl that is always coming to get me, and her name is Faith. And I know that the Lord is using me with her. And I told her, I said, you have an awesome name, an awesome name. So God can do the same. And if you're struggling health-wise, you're done healed. I am healed by his stripes. I am healed. I receive no less. You tell God what you want because the word says you have it. And if you don't have it, it's because you're not believing and you're not receiving. And I know sometimes he takes us on to be home. But I didn't get that. I don't know why. Well, I know why. I wasn't ready. <laughs> My heart was dirty. And I come back with that hot foot, and I think that foot was a reminder of where I was actually headed, even though I was sitting in the church. You know, maybe I wouldn't have went to hell, but we don't know that. We look at each other, and we see, and we think that, we think that we're all perfect. And I'm the world's worst because I'm the least of these. I've always been. Since I was a little girl, I've always been told I would not amount to nothing. I was told that I was short, fat, and ugly, and I would never become nothing. My sister was going to be the model. I have lived 51 years with so many lies, and that's what makes it hard for me to do the things God calls me to do because the devil reminds me of who I'm not. But I'm the righteousness in God, and I'm stepping out, and I'm doing what God tells me, and I'm going to fight battles. But heck, if I've done been through this and won, you tell me I can't win the next one? If I trust my Lord, I can win them all. If I don't, I won't. That's all I got to say. Amen. The Lord, we have been watching the Lord do a wonderful work in her life. And we just praise the Lord for that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. I'm going to pick up with Peter, the characteristics of Peter. And in this sermon, we're going to understand who the Lord is who Jesus really is. Have you ever been asked the question, you're trying to witness, and they ask, well, who is Jesus? Who's Jesus that you talk about? Who is this Jesus that you go on Sundays and you worship, that you give up a half a day of your life, that you work everything around? Who is this Jesus that you speak of? We find in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus asked the same question. He says, now, when Jesus came to the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do the people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist Others say that you're Elijah, and others think that you're Jeremiah, one of the prophets. But then he got down to their level, and he said, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered, 
Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then he strictly charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. He asked them the question, who am I? I've got a video I want you to watch. It's about two minutes. this like prophet for eventually what would become Christianity and then at the age of 32 he died on the cross and this like three days later he was resurrected. I don't have an opinion on Jesus. I believe that religion was just created to control the masses really. Jesus is the our Lord and Savior that died on the cross for us for our sins. Jesus is a uh person that existed that continues to enrich the lives of people every day. Jesus is God's son and he was sent to save our sins. I think he is a pretty cool guy. He had a, a peaceful philosophy. I think he's misinterpreted by a lot of people. He's the savior of this world. I don't know because I don't really believe in him so I don't really think anything of him. Uh, I mean he could have been a real person. I mean I'm sure he was. I mean I'm sure he was just you know good at what he did or something. I feel that Jesus is a modern-day scapegoat. Jesus is God, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just learned that. Uh, Jesus was a man, from what I figure. Who is Jesus? He was a dude, lived back in the day. Pretty awesome. He had a beard. He was just kind of a guy with a really unique, positive message as that kind of gave a lot of people a lot of hope. He probably existed, but I don't believe that he was the son of God or anything. He died on the cross for us and uh, saved us and rose again from the dead. I wanted to sound smart, but... <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot of people, when asked that question, don't have a really good answer about who Jesus is. They've heard about him. A lot of the uh, videos and teachings that, uh, and articles that I've read... I heard about him. I remember going to Sunday school, and they're saying something about him there. And I remember, you know, my mom or dad talking a little about him or my grandma or grandpa. But, you know, I, a lot of their answers is straight up. They, a lot of people don't know who Jesus is. A lot of them, they have a perception of what they think and who they think Jesus might have been. And then a lot of people nowadays, they want to put him into the historical context that he's a historical figure and he's just somebody and some prophet and something that happened way back then. But it doesn't pertain to our life now and he doesn't pertain to the church now and that he's just something that we read about in the Bible, but there's not a lot of uh, other than that that goes along with it. 
And I find it interesting that even Jesus asked his disciples, who do they say that I am? What are the people talking about me? What are the people saying about me? I believe he was trying to get a temperature of that time period to see what are the people saying. Do they really understand why I have come to this world? Do they really understand the story that I am writing? Do they understand the story that I am telling? Do they understand the impact that is getting ready to take place? Do they know who I am? And the unfortunate part, and when you read the statistics that break my heart, and I read an article even this morning about how church decline in Christianity over the last 10 years has declined by 14%. That's huge numbers. I'm not making this up. This was published in the uh, Washington, uh, Washington News. It wasn't Post. It was Washington News. And that it talked about pastors now are in rural areas like in the Appalachian Mountains. They're doing, because the church decline has declined so much, they're doing circuit riding now. This one pastor on a Sunday is driving to five different churches, and it made me think of the history books when we used to uh, study the circuit rider. The preacher would go one Sunday here, and he'd get on his horse, and he'd be at another church next Sunday, and he'd pastor over four different churches. And then it made me think, wow, could you imagine going to that many different churches and just preaching? And that's simply all that they did, and they had elders, and they had people there that was taking care of the day-to-day operation of the church, and then they would go on to the next one. But because of decline, this one organization in the church was going to, they're going to five different churches. And I sat back and I thought, that's sad. Because we're losing a generation coming up behind us if we're not careful. And we've got to get to the point, church, that we can answer this question of who Jesus is. In Exodus, we find, I believe it's chapter 4, God tells who he is. He tells Moses, standing by the burning bush, Moses asks, who are you? What do I tell them? He says, you just tell them, I I am. That's all they need to know. I am. I am everything that you would ever want. I am. And sometimes we forget that because Jesus is the Son of God. We've got to understand that Jesus paid the ultimate price. And so when you're asked the question, who is Jesus, I want to give you the tools to be able to answer that. Now, when you look at the Scripture, I always think location is important. Because at the beginning of 13, verse 13, it says, Jesus was in the district of Caesarea Philippi. If you'll allow me this morning and give me a few minutes, I want to go through these verses and lay the foundation that I believe will help us be witnesses for Jesus. But you've got to understand the location of where this conversation is going on. If you would, I want you to show the picture of Caesarea of Philippi. 
That is a opening inside of a large, we would call it a hill, they kind of call it a mountain, and it just drops off into nowhere. When you walk over as close as they will allow you to get to the edge, going all the way back, there's just an opening and nothing is there. And this is where when we visited Israel, we took this picture and we was able to stand back on the edge of the rock. This is where they said that people would come to worship the God of Pan. And they would worship the God of Pan. They would bring their babies to throw off into that big opening. They would throw anything down that, that was value off into that opening because that was a symbolic sign of worship. And they were praying that if they threw the right thing off to the God of Pan that water would flow out of that and they would have it for their crops and have it for their harvest and that they would have a good uh, season that year. And so they would come in, and this is the uh, story behind it. They would stand and they would worship. Well, a emperor come along and he built this for Philippi. He wanted it to the seizure of Rome at that time. There's another picture that I found that it kind of gives you the side. Is there another one that I uploaded? I hope I did. Is that the only one I uploaded? Okay. There was another one that I, I meant to upload and I didn't that shows you indigenous, wonderful, beautiful carvings inside this mountains where they would put idols and they would put articles that they would come and they would worship to and the decorative part and the just the craftsmanship alone that it was just awesome looking and you can google that at Caesarea Philippi and as you go there you can see and this is where Jesus took them and he's got his disciples that are there. And he says, first, I want to ask you, what are the people saying about me? I want to know what the world is talking about. And they let him know, well, they think that you're Elijah or you might be like Jeremiah. Another, They know this is what I take out of this whole situation. They know that something is different about you, but they haven't truly found what it is. I believe that's the world today. They know there's something special about Jesus, but they're not willing to give him a chance and get to know him to find out the power that comes with knowing him. They know just enough about him to be dangerous, but not enough about him to be powerful. So in this, he's asking them, I want to know. What are they saying? So they're saying I'm Elijah. They're saying I'm Jeremiah. They're saying I'm one of the prophets. You know, they, they even may think that I could be part John the Baptist. I'm not sure. But then he goes and asks them, you know, I'm not as concerned about the world. as saying I want to know what you think of me. I want to know what you say I am. If you're reading it from the Word, he goes, but who do you say 
that I am. And this is the guy that I've been talking about for two weeks. Peter jumps up. I think he's just raising his hand. Out of all the disciples that set him there, and we're going to get to, we're going to come back to this place in just a moment because we haven't left it. The disciples are sitting there. They know the history behind what goes on here. They understand what takes place. And they're sitting there. And Peter jumps up. And he says, I know who you are. I know what you are here for. And this is what he said. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are the one that is getting ready to free the world. But I love what Jesus responds with. He says this back to him. He said, blessed are you, son of Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. He's telling you it's not what you've seen, it's not what you heard, but it's my Father in heaven has peeled back the layer and has revealed to you who I am. Do you know when God speaks to us and lets us know who Jesus Christ is, it's a life-changing experience? A lot of people fall in love with religion. I gave up religion a long time ago, and I found a relationship. Because without a relationship, you're not going to make it. You can have religion all day long, and it's only going to carry you from Sunday to Sunday. But you've got to find a relationship. And a relationship only comes through knowing the one that you are having a relationship with. You've got to find the one to get to know. You're not going to have a friendship until you have a relationship in the sense that you've got to understand who they are as they understand who you are. Peter understood who Christ was because God himself revealed this to him. How did he reveal it? I'm often wondering, you know, Jesus said, you learn this by my Father in heaven. I believe that along the way and along the study that he began to hear God's voice in his ear that you are following the man that's going to change the world. Don't stop along the way. You're following the one that you're getting ready to change the world for. And I believe he had a hunger to know who he, he was he was hanging out with. But our problem is we have fallen in love with religion. Brother Brenda said it. Sister Brenda said it good. Sister Brenda said she was going through the motions. I'm only saying this because she said it. I'm just using her as an example. Hope that's okay. If not, I'll get in trouble later. But here's what I found out, and I've told you I'm getting to the age that I'm watching more and more people, and I've been around long enough to understand that if they only have religion and not a relationship, they're not going to make it. Because in the dark hours and the tough times, 
when you need a relationship, your religion is not going to show up. Can I preach for just a moment here that we've got to get back to the point that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ and it's not just about Sunday morning, what pew you're sitting in, what chair you're on. It's about Monday through Saturday. Are you doing and striving for what God wants you to do? See, if we have a relationship, we don't wait till Sunday mornings to pray. Whew we have a relationship, we don't wait till Sunday morning to get our worship on. See, if we have a relationship, we get to understand that it's an everyday walk. It's an everyday worship. It's an everyday of wanting and striving to do what God wants us to do. And see, the closer that you become and grow in your relationship, the stronger that you will be when the winds and the storms come and the stronger and the more mature you will be and you won't get upset so easy. See, if I hurt your feelings before you leave, you need to take it up with him, not me. I'm just preaching what's in the Bible. And that's what relationship is all about. Understanding who Jesus is. And he says, Peter, let me tell you something. On this rock, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, I have read that. Numerous times. I've preached that numerous times. But until I got to see this in person, that didn't become as real. So I want to try to translate what I learned there to give to you today. As I was standing there and I began to understand and they tell the story and the history behind the God of Pan. And people would come from all over and they'd worship this God of Pan. And it was the well-known God that was there. This was considered the gates of hell. That's what they would call it in their day. That's, that was the historical name of the Caesarea Philippi, the rock that I showed you. If he wants to put it back, he can. That was known as the gates of hell. They would say as they were throw things off into that, and I'm trying to be sensitive in what I'm describing, that there would be a large groan that would come out of it. That was something they would tell us, that there would be a large groan that or growl that would come out of that big, deep well there, that big hole that is there. And people would come from all over to this place to see it and to worship. But Jesus is standing there telling his disciples, and he looks at Peter, and he says, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church upon this part. Because what he was saying was, no matter what power they think that God may have, I'm getting ready to change the world. 
I'm getting ready to go above and beyond, and I'm getting ready to intervene, and I'm getting ready to bring healing like this world has never seen. And upon this rock, I'm getting ready to build a church. I'm going to build a church that the gates of hell will not ever be able to prevail against. That even, and I believe if we take it into a spiritual context, that we would understand that when God builds his church through Jesus, that there's no demon in hell that can take it out. No matter how hard they may try, no matter how hard they may come against us, no matter how hard they may think they can wipe us out, there will be a remnant of Christians that God will do a work through even in the last days. But we have bought into a lie that we are not as powerful or that we don't have the strength. But I want to remind you this morning that Jesus Christ paid it all and he is still, he is still our Savior. He is still our healer. He can take your mess and turn it into a blessing. But we've got to find him. A lot of times, we don't understand when we read the scriptures. He looks at Peter. He says, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then he says this, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I often wondered what the keys were. What are the keys of heaven? Now, some of you scholars can set me straight later. But what a profound statement for Jesus to say. Look, not only are you going to build this church on this rock, He goes, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And he goes on to say, and whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then he strictly charged the disciples, tell no one he was Christ. He was saying, don't tell anybody yet. There's going to come a time and there's going to come a day. I've struggled with this scripture for a long time. The keys of the kingdom. I believe, first off, the keys, the Lord wants us to be successful. He wants us to live a successful Christian life. But then he says, whatever you loose on, whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. Those are the ones that I've struggled with. And he's talking to Peter. And he's telling Peter, look, I'm getting ready to give you. And I think in this instance, I think that Peter represents the church. Because he's talking about building the church. And these scriptures I've struggled with. What does it mean to loose and bind and we're supposed to, I mean, we just sung a song. We've got to be set free. What, what does all this mean? And then it hit me one day. Whatever, when you, when you if we peel back the spiritual air, 
Now, you may say, Pastor, you're kind of way out there this morning. That's right. Go with me. I think there's a spiritual war going on in the heavenlies. I believe you have God's angels, and you have the angels that are fallen. And I believe God is keeping them in check. And you can say, you're crazy. That's all right. It's biblical. Gabriel came several times. He spoke. But I feel like in this midst of the spiritual realm, this is what I felt like the Lord, the revelation he gave me. Whatever we allow to take place in our lives, whatever we allow to take place on this earth, whatever that we allow to, we loose it, we, we let it go. We let immorality take over. We let secular thinking take over. We, when we let that take over, he goes, at that point, I'm going to release that angel from fighting that war, and you're going to have to fight it. At that point, and you may say, I don't, I don't understand that scripture to be like, that's fine, we can have a conversation later. But when we in our politics, in our churches, in our homes, when we say, okay, we're going to allow that to take, Jesus and the Lord says, I just take my hand off of it. I just peel back. But he goes, but if you'll take authority and you'll bind that in Jesus' name, and you won't allow it to come to fruition, you won't allow it to show up in the schools and in the homes, if you won't allow it, then I'll bind it in heaven. Then I'll take care of it in the heavenly realm. But church, for too long, we've let too much stuff go. We let too much stuff happen, and we... Uh, when, when we do that, we uh, essentially, we are fulfilling these scriptures that God has loosened in heaven, but now we've got to get back to bonding it up, and we've got to call sin, sin. We've got to call Lord Jesus. We've got to call him now and say, Lord, do something in our life. Because if we're going to let it go here, why is he fighting war if we're going to just let it go? But I... I believe this as long as I stand here. If we'll bind it on earth, he says, I'll take care of it in heaven. And you may say, well, I don't understand those scriptures that way. That's okay. We can talk later, and I'll take your interpretation. But for mine, I believe that's what it is. It's up to us because, here's where I'm at. He's talking to Peter. He's saying, look, you're going to build a church. And this church is going to have to get the message of Jesus Christ out. You're not going to tell anybody right now, but there's going to come a time. The church is to be the messenger for the gospel. What has happened? The church looks like the world more than it looks like the church. And now... We have a dilemma that we have to face. And I want to be a church that looks like a church. Say, oh, he's one of those preachers that always talks about you got to be here at church. I don't think you have to be here at church, but I think you should want to be here at church. I think you should want to be here to worship the God that you call your God. I think you should want to be here to sing a song of praise. That you should want to be here to worship the one that has set you free. Because here's what history tells us. 
when persecution arises, what fills up first? When destruction comes, where does people flock to? The church. Why did they burn them down? Because they knew that was the people's meeting places. But see, you can burn them down, but God still has more power. Because see, it's not about the building. It's about the people. And I believe that's what he was telling Peter right here. He's saying, look, you're going to build a church that's going to change the world. You can't see it yet. You don't understand it yet. It hadn't come to fruition yet. But you're going to build a church that's going to change the world. And what I want people to know is I stand here at the foot of the gates of hell. I want everybody to know that I have power over life and death. And that no man takes my life, but I lay it down. Because I'm getting ready to build a church that nothing, that nothing can destroy. And I don't know about you, but I want to be part of that church this morning that I don't care what you ask people on the street if they don't know about Jesus we need to let them know about Jesus but their uh, understanding and their interpretation is not going to deter what I believe in see when Jesus said I'm going to build my church they didn't know that in a few weeks and a few years just a couple years down the road they didn't know that this guy that said that I was going to build my church was getting ready to go to the cross. They didn't know that he was the one that says, I'm going to go to the cross, but on three days I'm going to come back. I'm going to be resurrected. And what he was telling them is, I have power that you haven't even seen yet, but here's what I need you to do. Get on board. Get on board. So the question that was asked Peter who do you say I am? I want us to know that he is the I am. He is the one that cares about you and what you're going through. He is the one that cares about your situation and about your journey. And I don't care what the world tries to tell you. I don't care about what lies people try to sow into your life. Pull them up. Get rid of them. Don't listen to them. Listen to the one and only Jesus Christ that said, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. You can find that in John 10 and 10 where he says, but the lion comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I believe if we're going to live an abundant filled life, we got to have a relationship and we need to get rid of the religion and understand that our relationship is more important and it is the one thing that's going to help us get through this life. Stand to your feet this morning. I've asked him to go back and sing that song that God is good. And I want you to sing that as a prayer this morning. And if you need prayer, I want you to come down. We're going to pray for you. If you need prayer this morning, we want to lay hands on you and just ask the Lord to touch you because he is the I am. 
He's the one that can bring healing. He's the one that can bring financial blessings. He's the one that can step right in the middle of a situation and change it. When we realize that, we'll be better off. When we realize that, we'll be stronger. When we realize that, we'll be going towards maturity in a spiritual level. But until we realize that, you can just walk around defeated. But I want you this morning, if you need something from the Lord, I want you to come as they sing this song and just allow the Lord to do something in your life this morning, today. And as they begin to sing, and before I forget, immediately following this service, we have some of our barbecue that was left over, some of the sides. If you want to eat lunch over here, you're more than welcome. Just go over there and eat. All we're asking is for a small donation. You're going to go spend it at a restaurant anyway. Just take it right over there. It's going to be quick. It's going to save you time. It's going to save you money. But before we get to that, I know some of you had to leave, but I wanted you to know what we were doing immediately following service. They're going to sing this song. If you need prayer, I want you to get here. Go ahead and sing it. He's God in the Father, He's God in the Son, He's God in the Holy Ghost, He's God all three in one, and I know God is God. God don't never change, and I know God is God, and He always will be God. He's God when the lightning flashes, He's God when the thunder rolls, He's God up in heaven, He's God down in my soul, and I know God is God. God don't never change, I know God is God, and He always will be God. He's God in Lafayette, He's God in Tennessee, He's God up in heaven, He's God all over me, and I know God is God. God don't never change, and I know God is God, and He always will be God. He's God on the ocean, He's God on the sea. He's God all over creation. He's God all over me, and I know God is God. God don't never change. I know God is God, and He always will be God. He's God on the platform. He's God back at the door. He's God in the amen corner. He's God all over this floor, and I know God is God. God don't ever change, I know God is God, and He always will be God. He's God in the fiery furnace, He's God in the lion's den, He's God in the Holy Spirit, He's God in heart of men, and I know God is God. God don't ever change, I know God is God, and He always will be God. He's God in the Father, He's God in the Son, He's God in the Holy Ghost, He's God all three in one, and I know God is God. God don't never change, I know God is God, and He always will be God. He's God on the ocean, He's God on the sea. He's God all over creation. He's God all over me, and I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God, and He always will be God. He's God at the river of Jordan. He's God when Adam fell. 
He's God up in heaven. He's God that saves from hell. And I know God is God. God don't never change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. He's God on the ocean. He's God on the sea. He's God all over creation. He's God all over me. And I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. He's God in heaven. He's God in the seas. He's God in creation. He's God all over me. And I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. He's God when the lightning flashes. He's God when the thunder rolls. He's God up in heaven. He's God down in my soul. And I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. He's God in the fiery furnace. He's God in the lion's den. He's God in the Holy Spirit. He's God in the heart of men. And I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. If you need a touch from God this morning, just raise your hand right there where you're at. Just raise your hand and say, Lord, touch me right here where I'm at, sitting in this pew. Lord, right now, Lord, every hand that is raised, every person, Lord, that has signified, they need a touch from you. Let an anointing, Lord, fill their life. Let a supernatural touch, Lord Jesus, begin to move right now, Lord, upon them and allow the Holy Ghost, Lord Jesus, to, Lord, begin to touch their life in Jesus' name. He's God name. in the Fayette. He's God in Tennessee. He's God way up in heaven. He's God down in my soul and I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God and he always will be God. He's God in the fiery furnace. He's God in the lion's den. He's God in the Holy Spirit. He's God in the heart of men. And I know God is God. God don't never change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. He's God on this platform. He's God back at the door. He's God in the amen corner. He's God all over this floor. And I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. He's God when the lightning flashes. He's God when the thunder rolls. He's God up in heaven. He's God down in my soul. And I know God is God. God don't ever change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. Man. He's God in the fiery furnace. He's God in the lion's den. He's God in the Holy Spirit. He's God in heart of men. And I know God is God. Somebody sing it like you believe it. Somebody sing it like the person next to you needs to hear it. And he always will be God. He's God in the fiery furnace. He's God in the lion's den. He's God in the Holy Spirit. He's God in the heart of men. And I know 
God is God. God don't never change. I know God is God. And he always will be God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else that needs prayer this morning? We could sing this song all day long. It would not get old. Because every one of those places that they sing about, every one of those places, God is a power for God. And he doesn't ever change. God is a good God. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for being here. I'm going to let them continue to pray. On your way out this morning, there's some baked goods and some crafts that are left over. All they're asking is for a donation. So uh, help them out there. All that money goes towards our unit. And uh, appreciate everybody that participated. Before we leave, let's sing this chorus one more time. Somebody needs to just stretch your hands towards heaven and let God do something in their life during this course right now. He's God in the Father, He's God in the Son, He's God in the Holy Ghost, He's God all three in one, and I know God is God. God don't never change, I know God is God, and He always will be God. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Jesus. I am so glad that you chose to be with us today. If this is your first time in being here, you are welcome. Thank you for coming. I see some familiar faces. Appreciate Brother Davis being here today. It's been a long time since I've seen Brother Randy, but uh, good to see him today. And uh, if this is your first time, thank you for coming. And thank you for giving uh, to our air unit. Appreciate that. And my prayer is that you have an awesome week in the Lord. Have a blessed day.